Hi, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite professional development podcast, To Whom It May Concern, Hood Professionals. I'm your host, AP. So happy to have you joining back with us. Really feeling very excited and proud for being consistent with the content. Here we are, we're like, what, four months in, and we are staying on Task. This is our fourth episode for this year of 2023, and I'm so excited about this episode because I recently did a presentation within a professional group. It's a Black professional group, and I did this presentation on this topic, and the research that went into it just had me just mesmerized because You know, once you start digging into one thing, it takes you into a rabbit hole into other things. So I definitely have a lot of content for the rest of this year. And I'm just wondering how long or how much are we going to get out of this that is going to um, be relevant to the audience and something that you all feel like, hmm. You know, because I always want to bring things to the table that makes you want to bring other people to the table and we can continue the conversation. So Please keep that in keep that in mind that everything that I'm bringing to you is for something for you to take back and discuss, and hopefully that draws more people to the podcast because I would love to have more listenership, honey. One one more person ain't gonna help. There's room at the end here. So today's discussion is going to fall around black women and women of color and their journey in professional leadership as it pertains to the glass ceiling and moving over to the glass cliff. In me doing this research, I've always heard about the glass ceiling, but never had I ever heard the terminology glass cliff. And just to give you a little background on the meetings, here we go. So the concept of the glass ceiling was first introduced in 1978 by a feminist named Marilyn Loden. Now, I don't know if Marilyn was looking to be a feminist when she first brought this concept up, but she wasn't even supposed to be in place to be at this conference to speak. It was supposed to be her boss and her boss was pushing her to give a narrative that was more like uh, women aren't farther along ahead than what they want to be in because it's their own fault. And Marilyn was brave enough to say during the speech, she was referencing the glass ceiling as a barrier for high achieving women within their careers. So the glass ceiling concept is often the result of unconscious bias. Hmm. Um, It's instinctive underlying beliefs about ethnicity, gender, age, sexuality, social class, religion, and so on. And once again, they like to say this may be largely unintentional. Mm. And then the new terminology, well, it's not new for me anymore, but at the time it was, it's the glass cliff concept that's used with reference to a situation in which a woman or member of a minority group ascends to a leadership position in challenging circumstances where the risk of failure is high. And when I read that definition, it it resonated with me because I was like, that's so true. 
because I myself have been in positions where I've been put into a leadership position and nine times out of 10, the program hasn't been doing too well beforehand or the quota and the goals have never been met. So it's kind of like, I don't necessarily think they're, they're expecting better, but it's like, "Mm, we got to put somebody in it. So why don't we put you in there type of thing? And in doing more research, I came across this video by a activist speaker and author, um, Sophie Williams. And she was speaking on the phenomenon of the glass ceiling and how it transitions women and marginalized persons onto the glass cliff, right? And throughout the video, uh, she had a lot of good points and a lot of good references that really allowed for me to pause the video and insert poll questions, which I think I will probably have up on social media over on Instagram at T-W-I-M-C underscore hood professional. So look for that. I'll probably put those poll questions in the reels because I believe you can put poll questions in there just to get some feedback and to see how you all, um, you know, how you feel and what you think and how you, how you're viewing these particular uh, topics or questions as it deals with the topic. So the video uh, you can find on YouTube, it's a TED talk. A series. It's called Why Women and People of Color Fall Off the Glass Cliff. And it's about two years old, but it's very relevant. And in the video, Sophie talks about how there's a, like a white savior complex where when women are put into positions and or uh, even males of minority groups are put into positions that are already failing. Usually we are not put into these leadership positions until there's at least like a five, at least at minimum a five month period where they're failing, right? They're, they're flailing, failing, failed, like they're they're on the outs. And so you're usually coming in at that ass end of it where it is just, just blown to smithereens and you're expected to turn something around. But Sophie made the observation that nine times out of 10, when you're being put into that position, not only is it at a most detrimental time in the process, but rarely are you given the same tools and the same resources, be it people or things to help change the trajectory of the train wreck. So it's like where the glass ceiling is the starting point and where not being a white male left you out of the conversation for advancement, the glass cliff has placed women, um, and for the context of this conversation, black women and people of minority groups in a position where failure isn't necessarily space to grow, yet feeling like a spokesman for all other black women who seek a position of leadership, right? So if we don't somehow succeed, we then add an additional surplus of years until another black woman or minority person is considered for senior level promotion. And me being able to pose that question Again, in doing my research, I came across another article by CNN and it was entitled, Very Rarely Is It As Good As It Seems, Black Women in Leadership Are Finding Themselves on the Glass Cliff. And it gives the following scenario. It says, 
Kyra Kyles recalls a time early in her career when an abrupt staff change at her communications job caused managers to look to her to fill a leadership role. Kyle said she knew she could handle the promotion. In fact, Kyle's had already been performing some of the job responsibilities without the title and pay. Still, she felt insulted. The small agency had not considered her for the role before crisis struck. And as a black woman, the pressure to perform the job without error was high. They didn't expect us to miss a step, even though there was a clear staff interruption, said Kyles. In that moment, I felt more nervous because I thought that as a black woman, if I'm not able to knock this out apart, I don't want it to be a situation where they don't give another woman of color a chance. And I prose the question, like, do all persons of leadership have similar experience or, or perception to perform the job without error? Or is that something that is innately embedded within black women and, 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 and men and men of color and women of color? Is that something that's innately embedded within us where we feel like when we come into a situation where it's our time to shine, it's our time to lead, it's our time to put our stamp and make a name for ourselves, is there additional pressure added there simply because of our skin tone and for women, our gender attached to that? So it's almost like a double whammy. Here I am black and then here I am also a woman. I have to prove myself 20 times as much as I could my black male colleague. Because at least, right, he has the, the penis going for him. Don't cringe. You know, penis is the proper terminology for that anatomy. So it's like, at least my black male colleague has that going, going for him. He's a male. He's a man. So in some ways, there there is a, a little leverage of being able to engage and interact and, and almost, quote unquote, fit in although he could never fully fit in without just completely code switching and putting on that complete body mask, that complete costume of walking into work and changing into someone who is not himself for the sake of advancement, right? For the sake of acceptance or even visibility, right? Right, or so I think. And so... Sophie then goes in back to the video. Sophie then goes to talk about how white males are the only ones who, as they ascend and go up the ladder, they see actual more representation as they ascend up their career ladder, where it is the direct opposite for all other groups, including white women, right? So they are the only ones that even when they come in at an entry level, they, they, they see themselves. But looking up, they see themselves even more. It states that there's like a 60% chance that a white male will see himself at that C-suite. So at that executive, even at the executive level, it is a 60% chance that he's going to look around and see himself reflected in the persons that he's working with. 
and we already know, not so the case for black women, for black men, for Asian women, for Hispanic women, for any other minority group, so not the case. Rarely is that the case unless you are in, you know, depends on what part of the world that you're in. But here in America and even in Europe, because Sophia, Sophia, Sophia is talking about Europe and America as well. But she's saying that that's not going to be the case in these areas, that at least 60 percent of white males is that that area is going to look like them. So where even for white women, there is a glass ceiling that they can see for black women and minority groups. There then becomes the glass cliff because it's like when you get in and you don't succeed, it's like, of course not. You know, that kind of person isn't the right person. Like we weren't expecting them to, you know what I mean? We really weren't expecting them to, to do anything. And nine times out of 10, again, because she talks about the lack of resources and the lack of the people resources. So white males, when there was a study being being done, white males reported that they felt less um, productive and encouraged, right, at their jobs when the CEO above them does not look like them. So if a black woman was employed to now become their CEO, somehow now they feel uh, disenchanted because of lack of representation. And I laughed, I chuckled a little bit at that because when we talk about, like we look at the situation that's happening in Florida and we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. And they're just like, oh, there's no need for that. There's no need for that. But research is showing That even with a population that sees 60% of themselves at a C-suite level, we're not even talking about entry level, we're talking about right under CEO level. That merely if someone who is placed in the CEO position does not look like them, somehow now they're they're less um, likely to want to support they 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 lose a sense of aspiration for something to strive towards and so their productivity decreases and not only does their productivity productivity decrease but then their management for those under them decreases and then if there's anybody who is of a minority group within their group they're even more oust and put out on the sides because they're a reflection of what's now being placed above them. So when we talk about within the black community and even within society and within the media and the messages that we put out and we speak about the importance of representation, it's very hypocritical for mm, people to get so up in arms about black people and other minority groups wanting representation, wanting to see themselves in advertising, in movies, and in, in film, in books, in um, different different sectors of, of business and, and leadership and, and programs and schools and education. It's like, how do you think we feel when we're striving towards something And it's hard to know whether or not it's attainable because there is such a lack of representation for us to see that it is possible. 
which is why we have to then bring in that that concept of having a support system around us that is always motivating and encouraging and, and pushing us to do and be better. To know that just because we might we might not necessarily see it now doesn't mean that we can't then become that example that we're striving to be, right? And so then it brings in the importance of having affinity groups, whether they're in the professional setting, whether they're in a social setting, whether it's on social media, the importance of having groups where we can come together and bounce off ideas, talk about issues. How do we navigate through through the tough the, the tough times of being under the glass ceiling and being close to the edge of a glass cliff, right? This is why to whom it may concern hood professional exists. Because I wanted there to be a place where we could come together and talk about things that directly affect us. To have you to submit your topics and your issues that you feel like need to be talked about and you feel like you can talk about in a safe space. Having the support of peers, whether it's a shared common interest of ethnicity, religion, gender, instincts, way of life, education, helps to create a bond of persons who can come together to seek a better footing in their respective places. Jim Westfall, who is a professor of business administration at the University of Michigan, says creating groups, whether formal or social networks of others facing similar challenges and exchanging information in a strategic way, encompassing for the lack of advice from majority white male colleagues, helps to create um, bridges. So you're just not out there feeling like you're all alone or you're not out there left to feel like you have to mask who you are in order to get the things that you work for and therefore deserve, right? And then also knowing that it's not just up to black women and persons of minority groups to promote black women and persons of minority groups. Like we all have to do our part. We all have to do our part. And that's where I feel like when you say unconscious bias, no, you see it, you see it. And I'm not saying just promote someone because they're black or, or in the minority group, promote someone because they're black and within the minority group. And they also deserve it because they put in the work, especially when you see that they're not given the chance that they should be given. And when we are put into places of, of power or we or when we are put into places where we have the ear of the person into power and they trust us, it is our due diligence to take off unconscious bias and pay attention to who and what is around us, right? Because the more that we challenge this system, the more that we work together to bridge and build inclusiveness and, and we work together to be that connector between that young rising star who just needs a chance and the opportunity that we know that we have access to, we're 
are not only helping someone else to realize their dreams, but we are also being realized as someone who is a factor and an asset to whatever group, organization, or company that we are a part of because we have the eyes, the wisdom, and the intuition for talent that allows the company, program, organization, whatever it is, to push forward and to grow and to to expand and elevate, right? No one be it person or, or, or group should want to be in the same place they were last year, right? Especially if it's, if it's forward moving. So when we talking about this whole thing about unintentional conscious bias, when you know that someone deserves an opportunity and you have a seat at the table and the opportunity to speak that into existence, to put someone's name in a room that they don't have access to, and you don't, that's biasism. And I don't think it's unconscious. I think it's a I think it's you being afraid to offer the opportunity for, for someone else. And whether we know it or not, someone offered the opportunity to us. And it's not giving anybody anything because they're working for it, right? Who wants to vouch for someone who doesn't do work, who doesn't do good? We're not talking about that. We're talking about people who do the work, who show up consistently, and they're there. And when they're there, they bring results. So I'm just asking you, all of you, that the takeaway from this conversation is simply this, that you Have the hard conversations with your colleagues, with your boss, your supervisor, when you're doing your one-on-ones or whatever the case may be. And you just ask like, what is it that I can do or what is it can we do to ensure that everyone who wants the opportunity to advance and be better and to grow has the opportunity? And it's not to say that they're not doing it, but it's just a way to start a conversation and to see if that's something that can be generated. I think it's an awesome idea for companies to have affinity groups at their organizations, whether it's black professionals, whether it's LBGTQ plus professionals, whether it's Hispanic professionals, whether it's parents, whether it's widows, whether it's singles, whatever. But there's such a multitude of different groups that you can create that everyone can come together and find some sort of support from. And I'm just saying, perhaps you can be the voice that allows that to happen for your organization. And if maybe not for your organization, maybe it's something that you can start your own on your own social media. As always, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for your time. And anything that you would like to add to this conversation, feel free to follow us on Instagram at TWIMC underscore Hood Professionals. Follow, like, share, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. We can be found on Spotify. We can be found on on all streaming platforms. So there should be no absolute reason why you can't find us. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Peace.